they kill us with our love. I was just talking about this the other day, how, you know, digging into the metaphysics of quality has me thinking more metaphysically in general, I guess. And I can't, I'm just going to, this is a dim apprehension that I can barely put into language, but it seems like maybe we are the battleground through which these metaphysical moral organisms are at in locked in some form of Darwinian combat in a way this could be God and Satan symbolically, I guess, but this metaphysical organism of evil, it thrives and exists like we observe some parasites in nature by putting on camouflage in this case, moral camouflage, right? This is the obvious example here is the Soviet from each according to their ability to each according to their need puts on this utopian moral camouflage and then perpetrates its opposite outcome. And I can't help but sense that that very um, social dynamic that that possessed Soviet Russia is the same fucking thing that's possessing people today, right? It's like, get your vaccine so grandma lives. Uh, it, it, it's putting on this moral camouflage again, disguising itself, preying on the compassion of people, actually. So this, this natural sense we have to want to preserve our community and take care of one another they're preying on that base instinct to then perpetrate its opposite at scale. Um, and I, you know, it sounds maybe crazy, but I can't help. We, we know there's, we know that, and you've probably experienced this through your, I think through plant medicine, you often directly experience this, that we're like embedded. We're one layer and a lot of layers of dimensions. And I just can't, my sense is that there's something, a higher layer dimensional combat taking place that we're just like, I mean, we're part of it. We're participants in it in a way. Like we can, we have the ability to self-reflect and be like, holy shit, I can see this thing within me. You know, the line between good and evil drawn down my heart kind of thing. I think honestly, man, when you were talk, when you were saying those things, there was a lot of resonance there. And it, it, it's all the, the thing that came into my mind is like, we're like the transformer boxes of electricity that uh -huh. we're, we're the conduit that the yes. various voltages are coming through the, the medium of exchange between heaven and earth kind of thing we're the medium of exchange we're the, yeah. we're the transformer box and yes. we we are the avatars like you said we're the within us is the moral battleground is taking place in our psyches and, yes. and then and then manifesting in action in this world so yes so it's it's it is like quite literally like the transformer box of the voltage comes in and we we turn that voltage into output yes by by channeling and 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 going through that internal battle but the killing the, the communism idea of it, it's 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 both fitting and on point that what you said there that with communism they it, it feeds on compassion and it does because what communism by definition is is the scaling up of empathic family systems to the state level yes only the let's say the currency of empathic capital only works at the scale of the family. Exactly. It doesn't, it doesn't work through abstracted bloated bureaucracies because right. you don't have empathy. So from each according to his um, abilities to, to each according to his need, that's totally true with you and you and your daughter. Of course. Um, but it, it's not true when you've got uh, Klaus Schwab of the world economic forum and a yes. bunch of his cronies. So that's what, that's what it's preying on. Right. Yeah, it is praying, and 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 the the John Coffee quote in the Green Mile is you know a lie that tells a deeper truth. 
love you, sister. You're making a noise. Do what happens. I'm gonna kill her instead of you. You're making a noise. I'm gonna kill her. You understand? You understand? <laughs> When, if you watch the film again, it's, it's a great movie, it's Stephen King. Um, the second of his prison films, the first being Shawshank Redemption, because he wrote mm-hmm. both. Yeah. And it's so it's such a truth in, in John Coffey because he effectively is saying, every time he, he goes through this, this mystical experience of, of taking the illness from somebody and, and, and taking the pain and the suffering yeah. and trying to bring life back, it, it, destroys, it, it destroys him. And by the end, he actually wants to die. He said, I've, I've, I see so much pain now. I've seen yeah. so much pain and suffering. Like I want you to execute me. Right. And, and, and that's, that speaks to the, to the idea of life is suffering is having to endure these forces. Yes. In, in um, the hope that you, you make things better. Yeah. The, the other thing that's really interesting to me is that this battle it's not like we say moral and in our inner psyche and then manifesting outside of us, but the manifestations itself, we, there's a, there's a, there's a feedback loop between how we practically implement things in the world and how it feeds back into our psyche. Like we, we talk about money a lot, but these are all sorts of tools, all sorts of systems, even the ideas we're organizing ourselves on um, core to all of this and this get this is where I'm. I want to think out loud and connect it to MOQ, is that Western civilization is premised on individual property rights. If civilization is this socioeconomic system, we're mapping to the truth of reality of self ownership. Once we start to blur those lines, we're decreasing the resolution, and we're actually decreasing the quality of our existence. And so that seems, and that's what all these fucking systems prey on. Communism is that, right? It needs to deceive you out of your own property. From each according to their ability to each according to their need. Moralistic camouflage, an excuse to like short circuit your little Dunbar number perception into inviting in violations of property. Because it's not enough to be, it's not energy efficient enough it's not sustainable enough to just steal from everyone go around rampage and being an imperialist right that's a disequilibrated structure they actually need the parasite needs to deceive the host into inviting them in yeah otherwise it's not sustainable energetically so yeah that's what it feels like to me and this all comes back to property that's why it's so fucking yeah yes yes and the the nature the, the the last thing you said there that we that the forces um, need us to invite them in. Yes, um, we have to sign the contract. We have to sign the contract. And, and, and what's changed over the last, let's say, three permutations of, of global conflict is the scale of the conflict has changed because now we, we no longer have 
as a global as a global civilization we no longer have um the shadowy alien cultures that are um so unknown to us that we can we can constantly make them appear like the boogeyman so yeah. you know the the powers that be have run out of boogeyman like they exhausted the cold war they exhausted the war in the middle east they exhausted the terrorism thing and they effectively changed the format of the hot war is no longer um, yeah. a a viable option in terms of its scalability its practicality if you were to distribute for example the entire armed forces across the let's say the, the people that you want to possess first of all these people want to possess everyone it's not even a, a national it's not even a nationally um incent- a national incentivization it's not like america wants to take over russia um what it is is the people that that have the economic power want more economic yeah. power so yes. a, a hot war is is game theoretically not not viable because yeah. you destroy what you if you go and invade new york you're not suddenly going to have acquired all the economic power of new york's infrastructure or if you go yes. and invade silicon valley with right. with a chinese army you destroy the infrastructure of the digital networks that you want to require. Yes. So I believe that what they realized over the last 50 years, and I think it's a very, when I say they, I mean, let's say the existing power structure of those that run the, the most centralized, um, let's Share, say, source shareholders of, of central banks and World Economic Forum members. Basically. There we go. The, yeah. the people whose, whose entire livelihood is based upon the manipulation of signal, the yeah. maintenance of, 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 of a curtain, through mm-hmm. behind which they sit pulling yes. levers they recognize that the only way to sustain this power in its third iteration after the first and second world wars and all the hot wars were run out they realized that they had to change the form of of uh domination and that yeah. domination is is a is a is a soft is a it's a soft power domination which it's happening in in the bodies of billions of individuals right and in the chaos that ensues the people that have this let's say um strategy uh, are going to utilize the 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 illness and the suffering as a revenue stream yes. to maintain themselves. And they're going to reallocate all of their resources from hot war, physical conflict into pharmaceutical conflict at the, at the yeah. microbiological Cold War level. And that's, that's where the border closures are coming in. It's about having a Cold yeah. War that's predicated on this is all for your own good. Yes. Yes, for yes. your safety. And, and so, that, that was the ter- that was the Nazi term. It's this is for your safety. Right. It's the same thing. They've just right. changed they've changed the scale. It's now at the resolution of the microbiology. Yes. This is why this is why families can't see each other. This is why they're burning churches in Canada. This is why we are seeing the constant idea that you cannot group together and discuss yes. things hence lest you come across truth. Yes. Uh, lest no. you lest you rediscover what the family yes. connection is, and the state does not want you feeling that family connection. That's right, there. because the nuclear family is the element, the constitutive element of society. Right, it's what keeps community together. They're trying to break that down, and so, and this gets me back to the dark thought that I shared earlier: is if everything we're exploring here, if there's some modicum of truth there, and that violation of fiat currency <clears throat> it's distorting the, the mechanism through which we exchange our values but it's also violating property rights that's all fiat currency supply expansion is it's full stop that's all it is it's just theft there's nothing else to it uh, i'm very hard on this point because on an a priori epistemological basis that is a fact you can't even argue with it right when you print money one group prints money they're just moving property from one group to another at their own discretion arbitrary there's no 
there's no there's no equitable equitable economic benefit whatsoever it's just pure theft so that is blurring the lines of property right we're, we're destroying private property rights which is the basis of civilization this is the fundamental judeo-christian substructure of civilization as we've covered so my dark thought and when we look at the history of soviet russia nazi germany maoist china those were all premised on the violation of property rights, right? Just like you're saying, for your own good, for your safety, we're going to do this, raise this army, print this money, whatever. If that is true, there's some modicum of truth there. And we are today in an unprecedented degree distorting fiat currencies that we could be walking into with eyes wide open the darkest period in human history. If they normalize these injections, get our immune systems on a subscription revenue model where people are just accustomed to getting these boosters once every six months or whatever the frequency is, this now gives them a vector to insert whatever they want, whatever, right? You can, Nanotechnology, genetic therapy, who fucking knows what's in the thing? Um, and I'm, I'm especially concerned here because to your point, Hot wars almost off the table in a way in a post-nuclear world, right? Because it's just mutually assured destruction, especially between superpowers. So in a way, uh, nukes have kind of imposed this peacefulness in a way because it's like the, the guns are just too big. Like you can't go to war like we have been going to war. But what does that mean? That doesn't mean this darkness, this metaphysical moral predator goes away. He adapts, right? He needs to preserve the host. So it's like, well, I can't take the host to World War Hot, hot World War Three. Otherwise, I might not have a host after all is said and done. So we're going to adapt, and the adaptation, you know, if these are nanotechnology or genetic attacks, you could wipe out vast swaths of the population while preserving infrastructure, basically. So you could preserve, you could maximize evil and genocide in a way, just kind of like inflation, right? Because inflation is not visible, we're able to steal time at a much larger scale. So because if there is this genetic or nanotech version of genocide, because of its decrease, it's less, it is less visible. Therefore, it can be done at a much larger scale. Um, it's, it's actually, it's, it's mortifyingly elegant in the sense that if you, if you are prone to psychopathological traits of having zero empathy and you, you're playing this as, a, as, a, as merely a game where human beings are simply expendable chess pieces. Um, That's why the, it's, darkly, the, it's darkly Darwinian, right? When you see it is. some of these strategies in the environment, how a fungus possesses an ant and then is, you know, brutally yeah. grows into it to infect the rest of the thing and cause a, a colony collapse, it feels yeah. like that. I, it, it is it is that and yeah. the 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 genius of it is that let's assume that a large percentage of people are wiped out um by this in the next few years and i i i believe that in the next two years we're going to start to see some pretty horrendous um the fallout's going to start to become apparent but the amazing thing is that it it also breaks down when you going back to your property rights being the the foundation here is that what this strategy achieves is it quite literally takes off the table the defensive barrier between those at the top and the property that they want to reacquire, such as 
uh, housing and, and whatnot, because if the people die, they can't even um, defend their property in right. terms of rights. So it, it's effectively about collapsing from within. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's telling to me that the Chinese and Russian army aren't, being, aren't, aren't um, required to have vaccinations. The vaccinations are being pushed on the West and are not, you know, and this is, this is pure, all of this is speculation, of course, but let's just say that it's, it's um, speculation based on, on probability and psychology. I believe that what we're seeing is a, is a merger and acquisition strategy, mm. a hostile takeover, where uh, effectively, if you if you think about the West and and the superpowers as being companies, yes, there's there's simply been that uh, Joe Biden, this this member of the Senate for fifty years, um, who has a track record of being there at all times conveniently, um, is conducting. If you, if you look at all of his actions and his policies over the last eight months, they're confusing only if you assume that he was intending to work for the best interests of the American culture. Right. But of all, of his, all of his policies and actions make absolute sense if you assume that he is effectively uh, delivering, delivering on behalf of another company yes. self-destructive protocols to destroy the competition. Yes. Such as destroying the, the, the culture of the American army. Like, for example... LGBT uh, politics and, yeah. and, and gender politics and identity politics, the yes. divisiveness of those, they're being uh, bred into the, the, the military. The, the, the military are being pulled randomly, seemingly, um, out of Afghanistan. Uh, the, all of the various policies that simply make Americans feel like their culture is, is the fabric of the culture is coming to pieces is because that's the intention. And when it collapses, it will be a very easy thing to mop up for those that, right. that you know, for, from a superpower perspective. Yeah. Um, there's a game here. I, I don't know what's happening. I don't want to sound like one of those conspiratorial, this is what's happening. But clearly, if you look at game theory, this is a yeah. complex situation, you know? So, so what you're describing is like the most, potentially the most cost-effective conquest in history too, right? It's like, again, the organism we're calling this metaphysical moral organism is adapted to adapted to take out its host in a new way that won't destroy it. Right. It's maximizing the suffering of the host, maximizing the lifeblood that the parasite can extract while, while keeping the host on the edge of life. It's, it sounds like, so what my question is, is what, uh, sorry, Robert, just before you ask this question, yeah. uh, the, art, the art of war, Sun Tzu, the supreme art of war is to subdue the enemy without fighting. Yes, exactly. Let your plans be dark and impenetrable as night, and when you move, fall like a thunderbolt. Yes. Supreme excellence consists of breaking the enemy's resistance without fighting. All warfare is based on deception. Hence, when we are able to attack, we must seem unable. When using our forces, we must appear inactive. When we are near, we must take the enemy, uh, make the enemy believe we are far away. When far away, we must make the enemy, make him believe we are near. These are all, anyone who studies yes. the strategies or stratagems yes. of war and sees war as a multi-dimensional, multifaceted, deceptive, you know, it's like the Game yes. of Thrones. Yes. This is all these people do. This is their lives, you know. No, nothing is honest there's careful consideration right. of, of the messaging at all times yes you know? it's an excellent point and yeah this is ancient wisdom occurring before our eyes but 
the failure is when there's an inability to identify the forces at work. That's what keeps people locked in this spell, right? And there are multiple puppet shows going on here. Critical mm -hmm. race theory, you know, group identity politics, Biden, Trudeau, like all the different individual actors too. People get distracted by them failing to see the systemic issue. So my question is how, what is, how do we identify the precise forces at work here? What are they? Is this a Judeo-Christian versus an, non-theistic or satanic force like I'm, i keep using this judeo-christian language but that's the deepest thing that i have access to like we think I god think, and yeah. you know again god reflected in work and property rights and civilization and the enemy is known to be the deceiver the destroyer like everything antithetical yeah. to that that's what seems yeah. like is at contention here but that's just the best language i have access to what is it actually well i think i think i think that what <laughs> I believe that these highly developed mythologies and religions are the best attempt at giving form to this impenetrable, these impenetrable forces. Um, and the Judeo-Christian mythology is the, is let's say for our, given our cultural development and our, let's say our uh, cultural background, it is the highest resolution description Mm -hmm. of these forces and i believe you're right i believe these are over the last year i've i've come to believe that these are genuine forces mm -hmm. but like if you put loads of metal filings on a piece of paper and then move a magnet underneath that mm -hmm. paper you would never see the magnet but you would see its effect yes in in the movement of the filings we yes. are the filings yes we are the filings and yes. the, the forces uh, that manifest are, are in are coming from a realm that we can't we can't perceive. Yes, emanating from somewhere beyond space and time, something like that, right? Yeah, 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 exactly. And I think that when people describe the idea of let's say you know holy like holy ideas and holy let's say yes. holy um, warriors or or holy um, uh, missionaries or holy the the terminology that describes this idea of pursuing a higher ideal yes they conversely have to use um a language system to describe the opposite which which mm -hmm. comes with it let's say the the very biased and very um tainted terminology of satanism which mm -hmm. is the mm -hmm. well how else do you describe the opposite of, of the good you, right you have to describe this manifestation as satanism and i actually think that studying psychopathology um that eventually once people tr truly become lost they do actually become identified with those with that symbology as as an actual feature of their identity that they actually gravitate towards it willfully and proudly but they know to that it must be maintained as, as a sort of secret and mm -hmm. because the human psyche is, is a, the ego is a master of repression and mm -hmm. and and i don't mean any of these things like secret societies like mm -hmm. you know even the word conspiracy is, is is a loaded term but these people do exist and the more they um exhibit psychopathological pathological tendencies mm -hmm. the more those pathological tendencies will will end up resolving as a uh what's the word a a an idolization 
of the dark mm. forces. Mm-hmm. And this mm-hmm. is where this is where all of our most potent myths gravitate towards because they speak a deeper truth. Right. The idea of Sauron and the 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 all-seeing eye. I mean, yes. Christ, is that not a representation of this this move towards a centralized right. new world order of of digital AI that that gives you right. social credits? Yeah. I mean, the panopticon. The, it's the panopticon. It's the yeah. eye of Sauron. Yes. And and which, by the way, panopticon, right? Pan as in every, opt as in yeah. see. It can see yeah. everything, right? That's what this is. Yeah. And, and I, you know, one, one thing that I do find very interesting is, is from the perspective of coming from filmmaking, um, that, and it, this, this references filmmaking, and it also references serial killers, because there is actually a, a, a parallel between directors and serial killers. Um, which is that deep down they both want to be caught. Mm. And what I mean by that is that when you think about a film production, and I'm talking about like a high grade film production of, of, of creators and creatives that really know their craft, that are experts, and they put a lot of time and planning and effort into every frame is a carefully considered piece in this, mm-hmm. in this tapestry of an experience mm-hmm. that goes on over two and a half hours. When you put so much thought into the hidden architecture of that experience and the subliminal messaging, you know, someone like Stanley Kubrick, for example, mm-hmm. who was who was a, a cerebral master in what he planned out with his films, mm-hmm. that we still to this day, the, the crew still discuss the things that he was, you know, specific decisions that he would make that were right. beyond um, insanely detailed. Yeah. And when you're a master at that level of storytelling, <clears throat> You, you leave breadcrumbs so that those who are uh, hopefully as smart as you, that, that you want them to recognize your work and your craft, you leave breadcrumbs in there so that if you're ever caught, you can say, I was so aware of that genius decision mm. that I left a clue there that would confirm that I was the creator. Mm. You know, so, so filmmakers, for example, will leave um they'll leave, like for example, little things, like tiny things, like in 2001 Space Odyssey, Hal yeah. uh, is the name of the computer. Do you know why, why Hal is called Hal? I don't. So if you look at the alphabet and you move uh, every letter right one place, Hal becomes IBM. Ah, uh, yes. Okay. Because, because it was a commentary on what IBM was doing with its AI development. It was right. that Hal is a representation of, of IBM. And, and you get these, these And various... IBM got its start in Nazi Germany too, right? Systemizing the murder of Systemizing. the Jews and others. Yeah. And it is also the company that is developing the software for the development <clears throat> of the uh, COVID tracking software. Wow, of course. That they are the ones that came that, that are developing the software for the for the um, COVID health apps for tracking all of your details. It's, it's insane. History repeats yeah. itself. Yeah. So these filmmakers, and let's say that Stanley Kubrick is the representation of a moral store, a moral manipulator. Yeah. Well, that that same psychology exists in serial killers. Serial killers that you know, like the Zodiac killer, for example, yeah. who who left these puzzle pieces. He was enamored with his own intellect, and he wanted to leave these puzzles to show how smart he was. Right. But one of the features that that police use when they're uh, in a in a serial killing um, investigation is the police are told to be highly vigilant of any um, well-doing citizen that comes around asking how the case is going, just out of curiosity. And the reason is that most of the time, if some some 
do-gooder comes by the police station is just your or sees a policeman out and about and just yeah. goes oh yeah how's, how's that thing going with the serial killer like it turns out that the majority of the time it's the serial killer for the simple wow. reason that the serial killer wants to know wants to hear how um how amazed they are at how right. difficult it is to solve the case they wow. want to have their ego confirmed so they it's actually want for to, an ego stroke by interacting with the cops. For, they're fishing for an ego stroke. And then when you apply that same logic to what's happening with, with um, let's say, the grand manipulation of, of let's say, geopolitics, you see, you see weird anomalies that are left in the, quote-unquote, evidence of what's taken place. And, mm-hmm. and coming from film production uh, and coming from media production, you, you, people, people think, oh, yeah, everything that just comes up on screen, it's just... A, yeah, it's just there just emerges no it's carefully planned it's edited mm-hmm. um it's selected it's staged there is a huge amount of staging right um when it comes to what comes out in the news and you see you see uh you know some things that people would say are coincidence but others could say well if you were to to do this grand plan and you wanted to ego stroke you and your buddies wanted to ego stroke that you are creating this world order you would leave these obvious breadcrumbs in, in right. the nature of your your duplicity right because that's what egotism is it's the right, desire right, to, right, right, to right. love love yourself above others yes and and you do see some some even like the naming of things is very yes. concerning with the whole yes. covid19 thing this is a uh sorry just the petersonian idea that the the intellect or the ego has this tendency to fall in love with its own creations above even the creative principle Right, which is yeah. more like dynamic, ineffable quality. That yeah. the the and that maybe maybe that's the predator parasite host predator prey relationship here is between that uh, system of representation, that static system of representation, trying to overturn the dynamic creative force. And although yeah. it's a futile struggle, um, you know, it can be done in the short run, at least to great cost and expense of everyone being preyed upon. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and another Peterson uh, like Peterson idea, or Jungian, I would say it's a Jungian idea that that in order to be your full potential, and let's assume that what you said at the beginning of this conversation that we are actually channeling these these volt these forces these mm-hmm. voltages mm-hmm. that Peterson, you know, explicitly in a practical sense says that you've got to be dangerous to be good. Yes. You've got to have the capability of being right. of being evil in order to be good, because otherwise it's not a choice. Yes. Um, and and Young said, you know, the idea that um, when it comes to looking for God, the problem is they don't look high. It isn't that they don't look high enough; it's they don't look low enough. Uh, they don't yes. they don't go yes. down into the shadows and realize yeah. what they're capable of. And ultimately, I think that those people that are the most influential in in the ways of the world are the people that that have been through the trauma. Yes. of experiencing and and learning that they are capable of immense evil yes that they are capable of maliciousness of, of selfishness of um you know i see it in myself sometimes like i i, I find sometimes i become repulsed by my own emotional reactions to yes things in fr- when i get to frustration and you realize oh that's that energy and you yes have to learn yes to, to combat it and to harness it. well combat but it. but you have to harness it in- integrate it uh, yeah and integrate it against its macro manifestation right like you can't yeah. just be and this is 
you can't be this soft, passive, peace-seeking person. What's the old saying? If you want peace, prepare for war, right? You have to integrate the shadow so that you can fight the manifestations of the shadow in the world even. There's a, there's a, there's a quote from Bruce Lee. Someone asked him, you know, you, you go around and you talk about all this idea of, about peace, but yet here you are training for war all the time. Yeah. And Bruce Lee's response is, it's better to be a warrior in a garden than to be a gardener in a war. <laughs> fucking amazing wow that's so good hey everybody as you've no doubt learned by watching this show bitcoin is the single most important asset you can own in the 21st century and one of the most important companies in bitcoin today is nidig nidig's mission is to get bitcoin into the hands of as many people as possible one of the ways they are accomplishing this mission is by empowering banks and financial technology companies to offer their own Bitcoin products and services. As a true game changer in the industry, Nidig is safely unlocking the power of Bitcoin for forward-thinking individuals and institutions alike. Led by Robbie Gutman, Yin Zhao, and Ross Stevens, Nidig has absolutely exploded onto the Bitcoin scene recently and has quickly become a leader in this space. So whether you are a professional investor looking for asset management services or a company looking to white label your own Bitcoin product or service, consider Nidig your single source solution for everything Bitcoin. Um, what, so we're channeling these moral voltages, which I think is maybe the right, like, that's a great way. I like the framing of that because what, is, what did Tesla say that to understand the secrets of the universe, think in terms of frequency, vibration, and energy, something like that. Like yeah. we're very material focused, especially in our Western worldview that it's atoms and things, yeah, but everything's an energetic pattern as we've gone through extensively. And so it seems like that extra that eternal dimension or that dimension beyond space and time is somehow moral or value. And that mm -hmm. is part of us. That is the moral dimension that's propagating through each of us. Maybe our heart is what taps into that initially. You know, I've, I've seen, I've shared with some of this, my instinct previously with you that maybe the heart is actually more of the master organ. We typically think the brain is the thing, but if the heart really is generating ultimately our choice and values, right? You really choose your values with your heart in a way. Maybe that's what's tapping into this deeper reality. But um, then we, as the media of exchange between space and time and this transcendent dimension of value or morality, okay, we, but we have this auto-poetic way to actually choose how we channel that voltage and that mm. seems to be encoded in these stories at least right the stories of the bible so it i guess what i'm trying to determine is is so you said earlier those stories are the best mapping we have to this metaphysical theater that's taking place is it then that war? Like, are we, is this Christianity? Is that war now with something that's non-Christian? Are we, is this, do we need a new religion to emerge? Do we need a synthesis between the two? Like, I, how do we, 
in high resolution, identify the forces at work for others, right? I'm, what I'm getting to here is education. It's like, hey, everyone, I know you thought yeah. COVID mattered or LBGTQR mattered or critical race theory mattered, but I'm here to tell you these are all distractions to cover up X. What yeah. is X, right? It's not enough to say they, and not enough to say the elites, not enough to say yeah. even central bank shareholders and World Economic Forum participants is too amorphous, right? It's like, yes, yeah. what is the fundamental force? What is its source? What's generating it? What's propagating? I, what do we do so, about it? You know, it's, so, because again, so, it seems like we can make practical implementations that put checks on this force. We know that if you can make property rights more expensive to violate, you can put a check on this evil force. There's... Oh man, there's so many factors to so let's 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 this this is such a, a big you know existential challenge because like you say it's there's, there's there's all these different disciplines that cross over here. There's there's like the 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 interpretation of mythology, there's the idea of you know the religious uh, belief systems and what they mean and what their source is. So let's start with the source of what's the source of what's happening in the world right now. Um, and I would say, let's start by MOQing it, right? Let's put it mm -hmm. into the framework mm -hmm. of MOQ. I don't think that the voltages that we're experiencing as manifested in the actions and policymaking of central planners that manifest in the, in the let's say, the, the malicious and, and nefarious, um, let's say, imprisonment of the masses for the sake of personal gain. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's motivated by some bespoke force. Like there's a, there's a like literally a Satan force that's mm -hmm. just in the, in the, in the, the guts of existence. That's just mm -hmm. there going back to MOQ. I believe that what's actually happening is that let's say in, in the, in the context of um, the universal cycle that we're familiar with in, in modern mm -hmm. parlance, which would be the big bang, which would be the beginning yeah. of time. At the beginning of time, in, in, in this worldview, consciousness was blown into infinite fractal pieces. And effectively, it is now, over the last billion, you know, billions of years, it's slowly been reconstituting itself. As we mentioned, with the inorganic forces, with gravity, with, with mass valuing itself. And then once mass comes together, it then sorts itself out into relationships that are, that are highest quality to its goal of furthering its freedom from mm -hmm. constraints mm -hmm. once we move into uh, the inorganic forces of chemical compounds the pursuit of freedom was was achieved through the element of carbon because it could steer itself into new mm -hmm. into new combinations etc that then created the biological entities that um, then could start to operate in in the pursuit of freedom through fight flight or, or freeze yeah. and then up to social and then up to intellectual uh, onwards onwards and upwards I believe that the satanic, the things that we would describe as the satanic antithesis to the mm -hmm. pursuit towards that moral ideal is merely the backwash or the, the aftermath of these mm -hmm. pursuits um, mm -hmm. solidifying into self-sustaining ossifications mm -hmm. or attachments. So the residual we are from prior creation, something like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. The residual from prior creation. So the moral act left behind it a something that was at one point a moral creation, 
but right. in its pursuit to try and maintain its own existence to the detriment of the of the moral force continuing its path onwards it becomes what we would term evil right which right. is why in in the biblical sense i believe that the idea of satan being a byproduct of god that, that you know satan is god created everything including satan well of yeah. course as as a as an unavoidable byproduct of the pursuit right. of moral creation you create the very thing that becomes um yes. that wants to hold you back and when you look at the when you look at the totalitarian state it is effectively um a corruption of the idea of let's say family organization for the sake of of property acquisition yes scaled up but without having the um the higher higher principles of freedom as a as a as a an attribute of decision making it's just it's basically like well freedom it, it, it's we've got a strategy here for the acquisition of of attack maintaining our attachment to things that we believe we're entitled to yeah and we are going to execute that plan with zero empathy yes um and then that stratagem learns that the easiest way to do that is to abuse other people's compassion right or other, right, right, other right. people's moral compassion yeah and it's again it, get it them to work for you through that exactly and, yeah. I, and i believe that the these these static strategies of of imprisoning people and the absence of empathy and the absence of moral a moral compass mm -hmm. or at least the corruption of the moral compass towards mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. south mm -hmm. instead of yes. north yes um, I believe that what that actually is, isn't a conscious force at all. It's an unconscious, uh, residue, right? In other words, it isn't, it doesn't have any life. Yes. It's the absence. And it reminds me of that scene in Lord of the Rings. I forget where the King, there's a King in one of the lands and he's, he's, he's become like this decrepit. His eyes are frosted. Um, he's, he's like this old frail man and he doesn't speak and he's got that that character that Sauron's um, Sauron's agent sits mm -hmm. by his side and whispers in his ear and tells him what to say. Mm. And he's basically in a coma mm -hmm. and he's a, he's a bad King, not because he's conscious, but because he's unconscious. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I, I believe that that's what evil is, is, mm. the, is the unconscious protocols that maintain mm. a lower level of attachment. Unconscious or, repetition of, prior patterns right that, prior patterns yes yeah. exactly so it it's effectively a self-sustaining um pattern that continues to to try and self-replicate its previous strategies that worked at a lower level right that were um, that were necessary at a lower level that were necessary actually. which which is why the idea of satan in the bible isn't a contradiction right it's effectively saying yeah like the act of creation yes th th there's a necessary evil to this act and it's unavoidable. Yes. And if you want to have the beautiful love for your daughter, you're going to have to uh, be standing on the foundation of a lot of other stuff that happened prior that unfortunately created some really hideous shit. Like, and it's, right. it's, the, it's the cost of creation. Right. It's the, the cost it's, it's of the, creation. It's the, it's the cost of creation. So I want to I add some feedback here. Things that, that made me think about. So one, taking it back to the inorganic level, it's actually the constriction of freedom from gravity that ignites a star originally, right? We have these huge nebulous, literally a nebula, it's a cloud, mm. when it becomes sufficiently clumped together and gravity becomes strong enough in that uh, agglomeration of mass, it collapses into a star and ignites, yeah. right? So it's right. the 
freedom is it's it's a constrictive anti-freedom force if you will but when it creates that star now the star is the furnace in which the elements for organic life are forged yeah so it's creating this constriction is creating the possibility of future freedom or you could think about this as progression into the next layer so the organic yeah. inorganic layer through its own constricting its own freedom is now creating the possibility for transcending into the organic layer by making yeah. the heavy elements in the hearts of stars, which later explode and seed the universe for life. So yeah. maybe that's one aspect of this, this residual from prior creation in a way. And then I think too, when you say residual, I'm reminded of the number six, which is again, encoded in the Bible it talks all about the remainder, right? And in that book, yeah. the language of creation talks about the remainder being a reference to this satanic force, right? That there's yeah. creation, which is complete, but anywhere you see a remainder, that is a symbol of evil. And they, they talk about this, like um, certain animals that have uh, remnants of a tail, you know, things like, like we have, this is also something that manifests itself biologically, right? It's, it's yeah. like um, maybe some form of collateral damage or just leftover detritus or something from the process of creation, right? Like the process mm -hmm. of creation is imperfect and it has this, this weight on it. Yeah. And then, um, so the, and to your point where you're saying that the unconscious repetition of prior patterns that were necessary for prior freedoms. So this would be yeah. equivalent to saying here on earth, you know, we needed gravity to form the star that formed our life. So now we're just going to all worship gravity and just lay down on the ground all the time and not do anything. So there's yeah. this like, we, you know, we have to work with this prior detritus of creation, but to worship it as if it is the greatest thing would actually totally destroy life and civilization and prevent further progress into higher fractal layers. Yeah. Something like yeah. that. Um, yeah. 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 Well, and then we could even. We could even go so far. We've talked in the past about if you so evil. You, sorry, evil's looking the wrong way. It's like looking backwards and saying that's what we should yeah. work towards instead of realizing, hey, we need to accumulate our freedoms here and look towards like yeah. getting through the next layer requires some higher order constriction, which I mean you could possibly insert Bitcoin here as the thing. It's a higher order disciplinary force on our freedom. Yeah. But by do it by giving us the bounds within which to operate, we can create something new what well, it's it, a common disciplinary it, force that it is yeah we can't it, corrupt the meaning of something like that like you can't, you can't corrupt, corrupt the meaning of and it and it reduces through various economic dynamics it reduces the incentivization structure to try and maintain attachment to things yes uh and that's let me let me re-clarify that so evil is let's say uh, the creation of a moral, um, a, a moral step forward is the creation of something. Static patterns are the strategy through which you defend and maintain that step forward. But then as the moral forces step forward again, evil, which is the static maintenance, is when the force that wants to maintain attachment to those static um, uh, gains, Mm -hmm. uh, tries to prohibit future uh, further moral progression. Right. That's when it becomes evil. And the more at odds with the moral step forward, the yes. the uh, static pattern is, the more evil it will it will it will 
feel to us. So for example, yes. let's, let's take a practical example. Um, using the MOQ's categorization and its tiers, you've got inorganic forces, you've got biological, you've got social, you've got intellectual. So someone, someone uh, you know, when America is formed, you've got the, the uh, Declaration of Independence and you've got the, the Constitution. And, yeah. and these are all codifications of the, of the moral ideals of freedom and liberty and the right to private property, which, mm-hmm. which arguably in the last two years, I've, I've gained a new, a deeply, a deep yes. appreciation for what that means. It, it isn't just, oh yeah, this is a cool set of papers. It's, it's, it's goddamn, it's, 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 it's everything. Thing. Yeah. And it's, it's everything. all reducible to property once again, just to simplify. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's all, all reduced, reducible to property. So let's take a slightly uh, immoral slash, you know, unpleasant deviation yeah. from that moral ideal you could say well uh, yeah and free speech of course free speech yeah. being um systemic to that that you know if if there's a temporary um and as we know nothing's ever temporary with with government if there's a temporary violation of any of those rules that's bad yes but what would be the most evil representation would be a, a, an act of trying to prohibit the movement towards that intellectual ideal by going in reverse. And that would be, well, how can we prohibit social circles? That would be one tier down. So mm-hmm. we're gonna stop people from seeing their families. That's pretty mm-hmm, evil. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But then we can go further than that. Well, what happens when you start attacking the biological foundation? Well, now, right. now let's let's murder the members of those families. Right. So what you end up seeing is the further down the ladder of evolution that you try and rug pull yes. from, Yes. The more we exhibit a, 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 a gut reaction that that is morally reprehensible. Yes. So, so that that let's say that the the intensity of our awareness of evil yes. is correlated to the degree to which uh, these static patterns try to drag us back down right. to to previously established tiers. Would the atomic and for war, example, atomic war be like an inorganic rug pull, almost splitting the atom? <laughs> For example, one of one of the most, um, let's say, subversively evil concepts that is floating in the world today, under the 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 cloak of climate control, is the idea of depopulation for the good of the planet. Right. As if we're not part of the planet. As right. If, as if human right. life is, right. is is the cancer. Right. And actually, grass was the whole goal of the planet was just grass and what cattle. Right. Like that was what, it. Like that was what the planet wanted. Makes no we were fucking an accident. sense. Yeah. It makes no fucking sense. So the idea that you would depopulate the the humanity for the sake of the inorganic and the biological. Right. The metric has but, to be based on human flourishing. It doesn't make sense ex- to remove humans from the equation. Exactly. Because if you could ask the planet as a total consciousness. Yeah we would be seen as its proudest children. Yes. <laughs> like it would right. be proud of us as, it, as its yes. most like advanced children in the yes. same way that, in the same way that if you were to ask a parent in a family, um, who do you have more adoration for your pet yes. or your daughter? You wouldn't be like, yeah, let's fucking kill the daughter and keep the pet. You'd right. be like, if I have it's to make agape. a trade here. This is agape expressed. Yeah. Yeah, remind me of agape because that, that's the, the love thing. between a parent and child, actually. So, yes, um, agape. Well, yeah, yeah Ravaki lays out the three forms of love, which are eros, which is consumptive love. Uh, there's another one that's like the love for, um, I forget this, the second one, but agape is a love between a parent and a child. So, it's you love your child, even though they are a non conscious agent, right? When you bring that baby home, 
There's no reciprocal interaction. Oh, that's the second one. You can have romantic love, which is reciprocal interaction or friendship. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you could love a bag of potato chips you want to consume. You clearly don't want to consume <laughs> your friend or romantic partner. You want reciprocal interaction. But with yeah. a baby, you don't even have reciprocal interaction when you first bring the child yeah. home. It's just a blob. Yet that is the greatest <laughs> love. That is the greatest love you have, right? It's agape. Yep. And this is what it, the it, this yeah. is the love encoded in Christianity too. It says that is what the highest order principle of reality is. God is love. You know, God gave His only Son. He sacrificed agape for His other children and all these other things. So okay, so so now let's take those three categories and they they line up uh, directly with MOQ. Um, mm-hmm. The the love of potato chips, mm-hmm. consumptive, I is a biological. That is a biological uh, um, affection. Yes. It's about consumption for the, for the biological satisfaction of your body. Yeah. Um, the the uh, reciprocal love is the social mm-hmm. quality, which is the idea of going into a relationship with somebody for reciprocal uh, love. Mm. And then the idea of your love for a child is an idealistic love because mm-hmm. it's, it's, a, it's a love for which you receive nothing in return. Yes, right. No, 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 that's the highest, that's the highest form of love. It's eros is consumptive love. This could be love for potato chips or just love for sexual gratification too. You know, just love. They're the same, they're the the same, they're the same family, right? Exactly. Sexual gratification and and potato chips are the same. They're the same energy, right? If you've ever experienced like lust and hunger, they're like this animal energy. Well, you say that when you, you people say that when they when they're sexual, they say, I'm hungry for you. Yes, yeah. We we metaphorically say that. Yes, yes. Philia is the love between friends um, or, or true love between a romantic partner, something you want repeated reciprocal interaction, mutual flourishing, right? That's that kind of love. And then agape is love for a parent's love for their child, which is based on something transcendent, right? Like, what do you love? Like, there's nothing to love there other than something you're not getting anything out of it. Actually, it's destroying your life in basically every way, right? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> literally yeah and yeah. and and that also that also kind of goes to show how the systems fight with each other that for example um you know in a broken you know in psychology if you've got like a broken marriage yes um it's amazing how uh damaging the introduction of a child can be to the dynamics of the couple oh, yeah. because when one of the partners becomes obsessed with loving the child the yes. the other partner can feel left out because they're yes. not they feel, feel resent, resentful yeah. Yeah. they feel neglected yeah. so and that would be a failure of them being uh, developed as sovereign as, as a as their own sovereign kingdom yeah you know? focusing but, on the wrong but, level too and one of the things in the bible says love god above even your sp- even your spouse and child right it's to love that yeah. higher order principle yeah, the love yeah, yeah. agape, I guess, above even yeah. the love for your child. And and you could, you you know, in the practical sense, for example, like Martin Luther King, um, you know, just to, uh, as an ideal, like a simple example of an ideal, idealist, um, the act of pursuing that high ideal that we could say is God, the, the thing that's above the physical realm, mm-hmm. um, that, that he was manifesting what the Bible says there because... He was actually putting the worldly things that he loved in danger by the pursuit of the highest ideal. Mm-hmm. You know, like by, by virtue, anybody that puts themselves on the line to pursue an ideal risks the losing the things they love. Yes. And that is actually a manifestation of that idea of love God above yes. even your own family members. That's right. Yeah. And 
and and those people when they do that at, at personal great personal loss and risk yes. those are the people that we adore throughout that, history that create the most change yeah wow yeah. that create the most freedom ultimately yep yeah and free and, and given that freedom is is arguably the the, the repeated and recognizable trait of all levels of, of evolution. Yes. The consciousness is, is building freedom systems. Yes. Then, then anything that represents the pursuit towards freedom has to be the closest thing to God that we, we have, right. you know? Right. I was thinking about this the other day. So it's, we've said this previously that another definition of value is that towards which all action moves right like even in this is austrian economics 101 you can't do anything you do as an expression of your value we all have this rank ordered set of next actions in mind or in heart wherever it is and whatever we're doing in any given moment is by definition an expression of our highest value if it were not we would be doing something else if you valued something else more you would be doing it so it's like you can't it's it's a it's an a priori thing. You can't action is an expression of value. That's it. So value is and even, and even inaction also falls into that category. So when well, you're inaction doesn't even technically exist, right? Because you're so action in the Austrian school is defined as purposeful action, basically. So there's a purpose behind it. And it's human. It gets a little blurry, but for human beings, we operate with a purpose, or at least we presume each other operate with a purpose. Um, and to be, to take inaction, like you have a purpose, right? My purpose is to not do anything. My purpose is to no, 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 100%. No, that was actually, that's what I meant. Like the, yeah. the even when, you know, for example, when somebody uh, has trouble getting out of bed in the morning, um, what that demonstrates is that, let's say some aspect of their, of their total personality has decided that it's valuable to not pursue anything. Right. So even that is, is an action. It's, it's like the fight, flight, or freeze. When you don't right. want to get out of bed, you're basically in perpetual freeze mode, which is, right. I don't want to fight. I don't want to run away. I just want to curl up and not, not participate. Yes. And that is a form of, that's a form of low-grade value. It's just, yes, 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 yes. No, no, agreed. So, so if we just say value, one definition of it, at least, this is another thing that's so hard to define because it's metaphysical, it seems like that toward which all action is oriented or that which all action expresses. We know this in the human domain. I think MOQ would extend this into the inorganic and other domains as well. We learn in uh, metaphysics of of quality that all of these fractal layers are moving towards greater freedom, ultimately, right? The ultimate would be the ineffable, you know, un- indescribable, cannot be encapsulated dynamic freedom, which is like this pre-intellectual cutting edge of reality. That's toward, that is towards which everything, it's almost, it's simultaneously, this is paradoxical too, it's kind of driving all of the change, but it's also that towards which the static patterns themselves are moving. They're trying to better map to this dynamic reality, right? To create higher freedom or higher resolution uh, ontology or something to that effect. And my thought the other day was this. So all actions moving towards freedom. MOQ is moving its layers towards freedom. It's in or it's static layers towards greater freedom. These, if I if I try to define God, if I try to put it into words, I land on 
freedom, truth, love. And maybe I'm limited. I know clearly words don't do us complete justice, but we know if God is unlimited, right? He's omnipresent, omniscient, omnipotent. That is by definition, pure freedom, right? You're everywhere. You know, everything you can do anything. It's the ultimate form of freedom. You have un optionality goes to infinity. Your freedom is absolute. Basically truth of God would be, if he is that this unlimited infinite in every dimension principle or force, that is the ultimate reality, right? So if we're just defining truth as a portrayal of ultimate reality, God is truth. Yeah. And then love, if it's this generative, I guess we're talking about specifically agape here, which they distinguish in the Hebrew and Greek text. It's not that God is love like Eros or Philea. God is agape. So this, this selfless love from parent towards child that makes no sense logically. You know, I mean, it's absolute selflessness. Let's just put it that way. I don't want to say it makes no sense logically, but um, it's this total self-sacrifice, right? This, this generative self-sacrifice, if we want to put, call agape that, that's what the universe is doing, right? That's, maybe that's the other side of the metaphys metaphysics of quality coin, where it's just dynamic qualities generating all of this endlessly, selflessly. Those are creative principles, freedom, truth, love, right? Like freedom creates, if you have a free market, it creates more wealth than abundance. If you have truth, it's generating pragmatic truth. It's generating accurate prices, useful tools, moral virtue, or at least enabling them to emerge. Maybe not creating, but opening reality to them. And then love is this kind of I guess principle we're trying to embody through that process. Like when we create more wealth, we're pulling ourselves up out of the muck, reducing the impact of scarcity on us. And we're working towards this higher Christian principle of love, right? To, to show towards our children, but then to show towards one another. This is something else the Bible says, love your God above all else, love agape above all else, and then love your neighbor, show agape towards your neighbor. So I don't okay, know. I just, so it seems like there's a deep there, okay, connection so, here between MOQ well, and this well, creative this, principles. This, this, I've just made the connection there of something that I, I want to run run through, and this will need a visual just so we can see the alignment. Yeah, we've talked about MOQ and the core the core categories which relate to let's say the human physiology are biological, social, intellectual. Biological being the the value system of your body, social being the value system of your heart. Mm -hmm. and uh, intellectual being the value system of, of your of your intellectual principles mm -hmm. right and in mm -hmm. intellectual is, is not the right intellectual it comes with baggage because it makes it sound like a very cold right mechanistic thing but it's not intellectual is is the pursuit of i of high principled ideas Meta that way. towards metaphysics something like that yeah 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 okay yeah. so so now at the biological level and now let, let's let's so that's the moq categories Biological, social, intellectual. Yeah. Then there's the archetypes of Robert Moore, which maps also onto the idea of uh, triune brain theory, mm -hmm. which, which which matches to MOQ as well. Which is that the reptilian complex is what Robert Moore would call the the warrior archetype, and that's mm -hmm. uh, effectively 
the biological uh, drive to maintain um, to fight flight to fight fight flight or freeze basically. Yeah. Now, arguably, the singular purpose of the warrior archetype is to maintain freedom, because mm -hmm. the warrior uh, effectively goes into combat and um, stops the undue oppression of its own movement. Right. So when you're right. when you're being oppressed, you need to fight to, to be unoppressed. So yeah. the warrior would be would effectively be freedom. Mm -hmm. um, at the social level, the archetype would be the lover archetype, mm -hmm. which is love, which is yes. the, the, was that agape? Agape? Agape. Yeah. Love agape. between a parent and child. That might be more philia at the social level. It's between friends okay, and romantic lovers. Between, yeah. So yeah. So at the social level, you've got the the, the currency of the, the value currency of love. Yeah, and then and then at the intellectual level, which is what Robert Moore would call the the archetype of the magician, mm -hmm. which is the pursuit of of high ideals, you have the pursuit of truth. Mm -hmm. So actually, freedom is the domain of the warrior because mm -hmm. it fights for its own freedom and mm -hmm. it fights for the for the domain to be mm -hmm. maintained for for the for the. The, the other members of its group yeah um the love is maintained by the the uh limbic system which is the lover archetype which is the social quality of, of moq yeah. and then the intellectual level is the magician and it traffics in the pursuit of of truth right so actually truth love and freedom also maps on to the triune the holy That's trinity of, of moq yeah triune brain theory robert robert moore's archetypes um it, it maps because yeah. truth is 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 the intellectual realm freedom is the is is the pursuit of the biological realm yeah uh it fights for its own physiological freedom yeah and then social is the realm of, of love which is the idea of interconnectivity with other yes. biological entities i like what you said earlier too because it seems like i mean just to make it even more complicated each one of these creative principles freedom truth love sort of has a fractal expression too because if we split love apart and the eros, consumptive love, philia, social love, friendship, romantic love, and agape, love, parents love for their child. You could say mm -hmm. eros is biological, philia is social, agape is intellectual. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because the love of the child is, is, a, is, is, it is larger than, but contains within it the previous yeah. two levels. Yeah. Because because the child is something you, you, you selfishly as a parent, you do want to consume the time and, and, and time with your child. You yes. want it, There's a selfishness to, your ch to, to, to being with your child, right? That yes. you, it, you, you love it so much. You, you want to, you want, that's why people say, you know, oh, I want to, some people say, oh, your, your child is so cute. I want to eat it. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, it, it's yeah, that, yeah, that energy yeah. comes forth. Yeah. But then there's the social level, which is that idea of, of the reciprocal love that you get from your child. Yes. But then above that, it's like the, the Russian dolls. Above that is the idea of a selfless love, yes. which is that even if you could never see your child again, never get any time with it, yes. you, would, you would fight for the conditions that would give it a future. That, right. That, yes. So that, that they are, let's say, as, as Piersig says, they are independent and discreet, yes. but running in parallel. Yes. And those three forms of love that Viveki talks about do those things. They yes. they are they are independent, but they're also um, let's say that that each one contains within it the seeds of the new one. They're discrete. They're discrete. Yeah. Yes. And, yes. And I actually funny. I read this just last night. I always read Leela before we talk. And I was reading. I want to find the discrete. Maybe you know where this is in the book. 
the description of these inorganic, I'm sorry, these static value layers, because he analogizes it to computer uh, layers of computer construction. The thing that what I want to zero in on is he says there are there is only a very specific connection between layers, and it's two pronged. It's a mapping of memory systems, and then there is a uh, something language, a, a uh, oh, machine language instruction repertoire. Yeah. Yep. 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 The MLIR. Yes. So I want to understand just out of my own interest, like mechanically what that means. Cause I thought maybe the MLIR, it's a protocol basically that's saying, and I'm not exactly clear, but between the memory mapping and the MLIR, they are mapping symbols from one level to symbols of another or patterns of one level to patterns of another. And so I couldn't help but think if that's not something that money is effectively doing, right? We're mapping our patterns of action onto money. And yeah. then other market participants are just seeing it, mapping it to their intellectual level well, and then mapping yeah. it back down into their own actions. So that's kind of what the price is like working between these different levels. Well, there's something really fascinating about um, money, metaphysics and metaphors mm -hmm. because um, uh, let's talk to metaphors first of all because what metaphors do is they allow for the translation of ideas between completely separate um, domains so mm -hmm. language for example we when we take an abstraction um, that something that can't be physically held and we want to describe it we will mm -hmm. we will use yes. the language of the body in order to make that concept, um, let's say, understandable. Yes, or, or, visceral or, or real. Yeah. Visceral. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, for example, like I, I love you know, I love you so much. I want to eat you. It's yeah, like, it's like I am analogizing you to something that's delicious that my mm -hmm. body values a great deal. Right, and I'm telling you that as as a gesture. Yes. Um, well, money is the ultimate meta um, exchange because it translates if, if, if the body is organized into biological, social, or if human experiences is, is, is in biological uh, value, social value and intellectual value. Mm -hmm. And each of those categories has a product or service. For example, a massage is for the yeah. biological, um, a calculator is for the intellectual, a, yeah. um, a, a Frisbee is, yeah. is a product for, for social interaction. Yes. Um, then in all these different domains, you've got all these different products and services and money becomes the ultimate metaphor, effectively that, yes. a, a language, a language repertoire for which you can say, well, this completely separate entity, which is a service in the social domain, yes. um, I want to uh, be able to purchase it with something that I can also purchase a product or service from the right. biological or the intellectual domain. So and money the inorganic the too, metaphor. right? Commodities. And the inorganic, because commodities and yeah. and and prop and property as in yes. like purchasing real yeah like real estate yeah real estate so yeah. so money effectively is like what the wording you would use or you use is, is uh what is it a, a, a right to claims or claims to rights yeah it's a call so, option on savings or capital basically yeah but capital so money, can be capital can be at any of these levels you're describing yeah so like aristotle you know said that that some like one of the most important things is having a high command of metaphor. Somebody mm -hmm. who has a high command mm -hmm. of metaphor is, is basically ahead in life. Yeah. Um, and you could equally say that someone who has a high command of money is ahead in life because right. 
because having a high command of, of, of money means that you have the ability to navigate um, or, or take action in multiple yes. domains. Wow. It's a universal metaphor, right? It's a universal metaphor. Because now it's a universal metaphor. you can equate all those levels in dollars, right? This commodity exactly. costs $40,000. This massage package costs $40,000. The Frisbees, you know, that you can equate them at least in the numerical dimension. It, absolutely. And, and then somebody who has a high command of, of let's say, metaphor can um, communicate and traverse and navigate lots of different domains mm -hmm. because they're able to translate one set of domains and map them onto another, yeah. which is, is effectively the ability to translate value from one domain to another using yeah. a specific language. So money is a language. Metaphor is a language. It's, yes. it's, it's logos effectively in some yes. sense maybe that's going too abstract but it's it's a no, medium through which you can you can jump domains i argue that actually that the specifically prices expressed in money they're like yeah. they are the logos they're an expression of the logos it's yeah when you speak you're voluntarily taking in sensory data running it through your filter and then representing something through your speech yeah. Money is the same. You're taking in sensory data, running it through your filter, but now you're expressing it in your action, right? It's actually yeah. even more consequential when you buy or sell yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. It's creating actual physical effects on the production processes in the world versus speech can be ignored. It can be distorted. It can be misinterpreted. Like money yeah. cannot necessarily, right? It's like when you yeah, buy, yeah. when you buy a house, you're sending a signal to this collective organism called the market economy to produce more houses at the margin. And yeah. when you sell a house, you're doing the opposite. Like we need less houses. And it's that dynamic equilibrium that's maintained mm. through the pricing system. That is a, it is a, an expression of the logos. I would argue a more consequential expression of the logos than speech itself. Now I know speech is more pervasive and more commonly useful and probably even necessary to develop a pricing system. But the pricing system moves the world more than words.